You are listening to I Couldn't Help But Podcast presents Welcome to the OC, bitch! With Ryan and Paige. Yeah, no, I can't believe that Minty didn't take off as, you know, common vernacular. <laughs> you, you, you looked it up on... An Urban Dictionary. Yeah, oh no, Urban Dictionary only shows it as is used it? primarily by Seth Cohen. Yes. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? That's really minty of him. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Hola. To I couldn't help but podcast with Ryan and Paige. We are roommates, sometimes friends, <laughs> and movie bros. Just <laughs> <laughs> like movie bros. <laughs> Uh, it took me by surprise. That's all. Okay. <laughs> Flix came out with the last blockbuster doc. Uh, Still haven't watched that. Yeah. Uh, it has our very own Seth Cohen, uh, Adam Brody in it. Good. He used to work at a blockbuster. Fun fact. God, it was my lifelong dream to work at a video store. The closest <laughs> I got was Best Buy. I mean, Best Buy probably isn't far off. They just never came to return it. So fair. And that's really. I didn't, the I didn't even work in the media section though. I was a home theater bro. Oh well, Geek Squad. Sorry. Customer assistance and then Geek Squad. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> they There's fired your pe- ass twice. <laughs> <laughs> There's still people there that uh, that uh, say hi when I go in, but. I I very much enjoyed my time working at a video store. Oh no, Blockbuster was wonderful. I would just go in and Hollywood, you know, and just browse the pre-owned movies, which is yeah. basically like we're selling off our rental copies. Uh-huh. That's how I got a lot a lot of my VHSs that I owned back in the day. I didn't buy a whole lot of DVDs, but then Blu-rays, I would buy them and then I found that you could just uh, when I worked at Best Buy, I would just get blank Blu-ray cases, just empty sleeves. Yep. Yeah. I would just take the cover art out of the thing because they just put them in the same blockbuster clamshells those thick yeah, yeah yeah blockbuster was really they cut a lot of corners yeah when they were selling the copies that just said rental on the disc ew the studios the, would yeah start the like, ones with like no extra features and ugh, just the movie though like terrible ooh, nobody wants those and technically illegal to sell Ooh. That's why they're not in business anymore. They didn't accept the offer from Netflix when Netflix wanted to merge with them back in the day. That's a spoiler. That watch the last blockbuster. I I know that without even seeing the documentary, but it was it was a good documentary. Everybody should go see it. We are going to be recapping season one, episodes 11 and 12. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number 11 is the homecoming. Seth gets into trouble choosing between Summer and Anna. And number 12 is The Secret. Anna and Summer are mad at Seth. Julie has love problems. Man, they really bury the lead on that one. (laughs) On all of it. All of it. So dumb. God, did the Sex and the City people write these synopses too? Oh, no. These people don't care, clearly. The Sex and the City ones, I feel like a bunch of people who had seen the episode once got really high and wrote synopses and they just threw those in the book. So it's Thanksgiving in the OC. Ryan, not not Ryan on the show, but Ryan here in person's favorite holiday, right? <laughs> no, Thanksgiving can get fucked. <laughs> Why do you hate Thanksgiving so much? Oh, I don't know, man. Most holidays can get fucked. It, it just seems like the time when all the familial strife just kind of comes to a head. It's this fucking vortex of terribleness because you have all the people that have been having 
all their own problems or that are refusing to like talk to each other because of problems or that are keeping secrets or blah 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 and you throw them all in the same fucking house with a shitload of badly prepared food and a shitload of booze and people yelling at tvs and people wanting to go out shopping immediately after gorging themselves on like and like i i just i'm not a big family man it just stresses me out being with my family is that is that weird no i think that's normal actually anything i thought that made me unique it's just like no everyone has those problems (laughs) you just let it affect you more you bitch (laughs) you minty bitch (laughs) so minty i always liked thanksgiving because it was the only holiday where you didn't have the pressure of trying to find everyone a gift and i appreciated the simplicity of people just coming together for a meal rather than trying to be materialistic and gift giving is my very last love language. Like it literally ranks as a zero when I take the quiz. Yeah, I'm a shit gift giver and I'm a bad gift receiver mostly because I prefer a gift card. There are people that are like, well, like it's just so low effort to get a gift card. It's like, yeah, and what? Make a big effort for something they're not going to fucking use? Yeah, I just don't like stuff for the most part. Like True. if you're giving me stuff to hold on to for an extended period of time that can't be used, I hate it. So then a Visa gift card, (laughs) not to a particular store. (laughs) I like experiences. I like, you know, I'm taking you on a trip. I like I'm gifting you a massage. Like for the most part, I just don't like gift giving. I don't feel that it it's just not necessary to show your love. So anyway, Thanksgiving has arrived. Poor Kirsten. Nobody wants to let her anywhere near any food because she doesn't know how to cook. Yeah, apparently she's had problems before. Well, I think she just grew up rich and she never learned how. And so everything that she touches turns to shit, which is what happens when no one lets you in the kitchen. Ryan's brother calls from jail. Kirsten really uh, casually accepts the charges. Which I found to be interesting. Like, it just it's every day that she gets a call from prison. I think maybe she knows that, like, the only call she'd be receiving from prison would be someone probably related to Ryan. Brother Trey wants him to come visit. He does, even though he doesn't want to. Well, and because he knows that, like, even with his brother, there's some sort of ulterior motive every single time. And, like, he tries to put it on Front Street. We're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> the Coens are trying to set up, the adult Coens are trying to set up Jimmy and Rachel. Right. Uh, without it's like, their hey, knowledge. let's take both the people that have been hitting on us or have made moves on us. Yeah. And just set them up with each other because clearly they just need to fuck. And it actually ends up being a good match. True. Regardless. Um, so they aren't too far off the mark. They're just horrible about actually making it smooth that they're yeah, they're bad hooking them up. They're 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 bad at like hosting and yeah, it's very awkward. So Seth gives Ryan a comic book to give his brother in prison, which I don't know that he's allowed to have, and he doesn't care anyway. Kirsten gives him a fucking store bought pie, which to I take know to they wouldn't give to him, but they'd wreck it looking for a shiv and then give him like a bowl of like glop that used to be a pie. Yeah, which is dumb. Why can't they just x-ray it? Come on, we're not gonna waste taxpayer money on that. Oh no. We're gonna waste waste it on incarcerating people for So they get into girl talk a little bit that I thought was absolutely hilarious. Seth said, Did you hear Ryan's funny now? It's being funny. Oh yeah, no. Ryan is taken to sarcasm like a duck to water. I mean, I think he was always sarcastic. He just didn't have anybody to to be sarcastic to or with. Well, yeah, you know, when your mom's completely strung out and whatever guy she's fucking is, you know, passed out drunk in the living room and kind of no audience. 
Marissa just absolutely doing the most to be that girl who almost killed herself in Mexico yet again. Doesn't tell her mom, lies to Ryan, and says, oh no, my mom wants me to go with you. Yeah, because she offers to go with him. She's like, I'd like to see where you grew up. He's like, no, you don't want to do this. He's not technically wrong. She just appears in the Range Rover, which is just sitting in the driveway, unlocked with its windows down, because that's what you can do when you live in rich, gated beachside communities. Yeah. Or if you're just in an incredibly small town. My ex's family did that, and they lived in a really small town, and I was always flabbergasted every single time we left the house, and they didn't lock it. I no. I couldn't figure out how they were so trusting. It was I wild. lived with shitty roommates for for a time after I first moved out. I lived with some terrible people, and it took me years after that experience to just like be okay leaving my bedroom door unlocked and or open. I like think... they would just steal shit. I have I have a few friends that are just like, oh yeah, no, I got I'm living with some roommates. Oh like, yeah, who are they? Do I know them? No. Well, how'd you how'd you know them? Oh, it's uh, Craigslist. Yikes. Are you fucking kidding me? Do you want to get murdered? Right. I know I'm speaking hyperbolically, so they're just like. No, man, it's great. Like, we don't know each other, so we don't care about each other, and we don't really bother each other, and our schedules are pretty opposite. They work nights, I work days, and it's just like, we kind of just stay out of each other's hair, and I'm just like, that sounds fucking boring. I guess it can work for some people, but I wouldn't be able to trust that person without knowing them like that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I don't even trust people when other people vouch for them when I've lived in, like, places where, where, you know, you've had to have multiple people living in a house or something. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, no, nah, man, I need to know all of y'all for like at least X amount of time right. and know that you're cool. Of course, what Trey wants is for Ryan to get a stolen vehicle and transport it to, to a chop shop. Guys. Yeah, no, because because Trey, of course, still owes money to people on the outside. And those people on the outside got people on the inside that are very keen on reminding Trey that he owes the money. As we see, he is beat the fuck up when Ryan comes to visit. Yeah. And so basically says, hey, man, take this fucking hot car and get it to the chop shop. And that should square my debt because the car is worth way more than what I owe these guys. The car is at their ex next door neighbor's house. And there's no reason why that guy couldn't have taken that car to the chop shop. Oh, you're talking about Arturo? Yeah. The brother of Ryan's on again, off again ex. Girl next door. His next door neighbor girl. Yeah. Friday. It was just, it was made so much more complicated. And what probably happened was Arturo probably Arturo was, and Teresa and uh, Mrs. Hernandez from Mrs. Crazy Hernandez. Yeah. She she moved on up to East Cameron. She <laughs> she went and and she made it to, to, to West Chino, Covina uh, from West Covina. Uh, she looks so different in this. You saw her right off the bat. I clocked it right away. I was like, that's fucking Mr. Nanez. I don't think so, because she looks so different, but she was great. Good to see her again in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, suppose that Arturo probably just didn't. He probably called him and was like, could you do this? And he, he said, no, I'm not doing this well, for even, you. Even, even he was trying to convince Ryan. He's just like, dude, like right. this is like too much heat to be bringing down. Like You don't need to be doing this. There's a, a little bit of niceties between Marissa and Ryan's ex. A lot of uh, female niceties happening between them. Like you expect them to be fighting and sort of 
feeling like the other one is competition. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead, they actually get along pretty well. And it's really pleasant to see non-toxic female relationships on screen, especially in the early 2000s. As opposed to what ends up happening as after the fallout of this episode with... Right, yeah. Because, because if you can't stand the heat, as Arturo would say, you should get out of the kitchen. But one person who's very much at home in the kitchen is our good friend Anna Stern. Anna Stern. Who was invited oh. over for Thanksgiving. Yes. Sandy is immediately impressed with this smoke show of a girl because she uses the word anathema. (laughs) Which, to be fair, I've never before or since had anybody use that in a sentence in front of me and mean it. And Sandy, (laughs) Sandy mouths it to Seth and is like, I like her. Yeah. She's great. And to be fair, Sandy is correct. Again, Samari Armstrong just looking fucking amazing in this episode she, with that shirt and the fucking the skirt. Fucking plaid pleated skirts. I hate that that trope just still works. Is that like a, a 1999 Britney Spears holdover for you? Or well, did that no, start not earlier? even that. It's just... I never went to like Catholic school or anything like that, but like the schoolgirl trope is something that has been much used throughout, you know, all of film. Maybe it just depends on the girl that's wearing it because there, there are others that could wear like that plaid skirt and you're just like, all right, nice skirt. On someone like Samaria Armstrong, like when she was splayed out playing Jenga with Captain Oates on the bed, <laughs> yeah, her feet kicked up in the air and everything and the skirt was like just, oh God, I sound like such a fucking douche. Man, we're going to have to lay down a towel next episode. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, so Anna's over killing the Cohen game. Yeah, she's crushing it. She's making candied yams. Mm-hmm. She's she's like helping out with everything. And she's doing great. Doing great. But then this fucking comedy of errors that starts with Thanksgiving. First off, you don't think Jimmy and Rachel are going to hit it off until they start watching football together. And it turns out, oh, they're both sports fans. They like rival teams, but at least they got something they can connect on, right? And so Seth's helping Anna in the kitchen, and Jimmy and Rachel are vibing in the living room, and Sandy and Kirsten are kind of like clinking glasses like, we did it. Thanksgiving's going to be a fucking big hit. And then... And who should fucking show up? But Cal and Julie, their caterers canceled, and now they're having... Thanksgiving with them. They didn't even no. didn't even ask. And Cal never ever comes over. Yeah, for the fact that Kirsten drops that bomb, like Cal's never had Thanksgiving with us. You know, since since we weren't a family anymore. Probably since mom died. So she gets drunk, <laughs> oh, which is fair. Immediately just starts pounding Who alcohol cares? and like gets to the point where like she's run out of wine and is just making margaritas. Which is exactly the play that I would play as well. If we're at a Merlot, you're making margaritas. That's just how it goes. And then to make matters worse, Seth, who's been doing incredibly well with Anna and everything, all of a sudden, Summer just fucking shows up. Out of nowhere. Because she's like, oh yeah, no, I was going to meet Marissa, but Marissa's not there, so I guess I can wait for her here. You know what? Why don't you go wait for her out in the pool house, he says. Because like now, he's got to do this Miss Doubtfire shit going back and forth between. Well, to be fair, she uses Marissa as an excuse because she really is there to see Seth and make out with him. Girl, you already know you like him. Just fucking, if people would just fucking talk and communicate, we would avoid so much of this shit. But you know, you can't have a season, you know, you can't have 24 episodes of a season nope. if, you know, people actually talk to each other. No, I would. that wouldn't be no fun. Absolutely. Because then you couldn't manufacture shit drama like this. Oh. God damn. All, oh, that is so overdrawn and just played out. And I'm just like, guys. It's like you completely forgot what it's like to be a teenager, though. Like, that's just I how did not things have... were on a daily basis. Hmm. Okay. I'm, I'm. I mean, I didn't 
I made a sitcom teenager life. Listen, I grew up on Roseanne, so I felt like that was what needed to happen. The comedy of errors ends with Anna in the bedroom. Anna and Seth's room, Summer in the pool house, and yep. Seth going between the two of them. Yep, and not checking on any of the food in the no, meantime. No, which is his excuse to like get away from them. And also, with the amount of lip gloss these gals are wearing... How the hell did not one of them notice that he already had lip gloss on from there, after kissing the other? Yeah, there's no way that he didn't have like massive fruit punch mouth within two oh, minutes. Oh, yeah. Cherry lip smackers. Yeah. <laughs> and there was no such thing as a lip stain back in that day. So Mm-mm. there's no way that he wasn't completely ridiculous looking. <laughs> <laughs> they both find out about each other. They are both furious. They both leave. And, so and it all comes to a head as dinner is ruined. Cal's arguing with Kristen. Jimmy and Rachel are, are at loggerheads now because, you know, Julie has completely ruined their fucking thing. And Sandy doesn't know what to do. And Kirsten is just drunk right. off her ass. And On the top turkey- of which, Cal is being lambasted uh, by Anna, actually. Yes. And and Sandy. That's right. They double and Rachel about the whole wetlands development. Yeah, it's great. It's actually a fantastic bit of writing in this particular episode, honestly, because it's a lot, there's a lot going on. And at the same time, it is very much a Shakespearean comedy of errors the whole time. Mm -hmm. And then it's just like, dinner's ruined. Fuck it. We're ordering Chinese. And Seth, you are now an asshole. Welcome to that. Poor guy. (laughs) And it's great. (laughs) Like everybody doesn't get anything that they want. Uh, Ryan has to say goodbye forever to his brother. Because uh, when he goes to return the car, he's like, the guys it, are I'm like, out. oh, I don't know. We should probably collect with interest. And they beat the fuck out of him. Of course they do. And then Marissa actually ends up saving him. Yep, because he told her to kick rocks. I'll take a bus home. But she pulls up in the Range Rover. I followed you. Honk, honk. Get in. The one time that being problematic works out for her. Right. So that's the end of that episode of The Homecoming. God, love a great holiday. I love holiday episodes of shows so much. We have not gotten to it yet, but we will eventually get to Chrismica, and that is... Always a good time. I've heard it spoken of. I love it. And I think that uh, that Josh does a really good job with holiday episodes because Gossip Girl also has phenomenal Thanksgiving. By Josh, you mean Josh Schwartz, the creator of the show and Gossip Girl? Yeah. Does great Christmas and Thanksgiving episodes of Gossip Girl almost all of the seasons. So good for him. Good for him. <laughs> but yeah, from the homecoming, we move into The Secret. A secret. And not um, that terrible book your fucking mom bought at Target. <laughs> Very specific. I'm not you, like the royal you, <laughs> no, listener's mom. Yeah, you know? no, I know. I was just like, did your mom buy the secret from Oh, Target? God, no. She's way too, like, you know, white religious to buy the secret and, like, think it's anything. <laughs> she'd rather read the bible and think there's a secret there yeah the secret that is boring the secret that it's poorly written and edited and ruined that's what happens when you get a bunch of white men into a room to write a book whoops (laughs) uh seth is faking sick because he doesn't want to go to school and face the girls and kiki is also faking sick because she doesn't want to go to yoga lattes and face the girls (laughs) it's pretty fun to say yoga lattes yoga lattes yoga lattes yoga lattes So the boys convince them that they absolutely have to go. They have to face the world and gloat a little bit because they're not the two in trouble. Yeah, for once, they're not the problematic ones. They're like, they did it. <laughs> for Pat yourselves on the back. They go to school and poor Seth is upset because the girls have decided 
They are trauma bonded. They are going to be friends oh, now. Oh, man. And they go for it fucking hard. God damn it. But you know what? Woman scorned. That's I'll what you no do. have no fury like a woman scorned for Sega. Sega. <laughs> they're all best of friends. Oh, yeah. They're besties now. They're sharing mirror tips in the bathroom and study tips in the classroom. And- yep. They're coming to each other's house after school with flashcards, mm. whatever. Um and Ryan and Luke get paired together for a group to, project on the Spanish in- Inquisition mm. because of course they did. No one expects the Spanish Inquisition. Literally nobody, especially not the OC. Mm-mm. So they are they're meeting up. They're gonna do this project. Luke's got some ideas about doing like a PowerPoint presentation. Yeah. On, his, on his MacBook. A, and like- a little bit surprised that Luke is into something that isn't sports. Or fighting people. Fair. Like, I think even Ryan is a little bit shocked that he's actually on the ball for this project instead of leaving it to all to Ryan to do. Oh, exactly. Because Luke's just like, so how do you want to do this? Like, I was thinking maybe right. this and blah, blah, blah. blah, blah. And like, Ryan's like, uh, yeah, sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Fist. They have to go to his dad's office because his dad's office has a color scanner. And that was... <laughs> Rare as hell back in the day. Oh man! So they make their way down this to the dealership. Ass show, yes, because his dad owns a dealership, bro. He owns three <laughs> dealerships. Excuse me. Oh, of course, his dad already. You know, you, we saw him briefly, and he's like, "Hey, I have to work late tonight. One of the timing belts is off on one of the cars, babe. Got to get out of here." Right. I got the gotta- most chaste fucking kiss to his wife. From what he says at the end, I have a theory that Luke's dad is completely by spoilers because I, I don't think that it was a unloving kiss i think that it was like a old married couple kiss but not necessarily one that was completely devoid of feeling okay like i mean here's the thing of the two of us you're the one that was married for over a decade i haven't even been able to make a relationship last beyond three years ladies edit that out <laughs> Oh, no, I'm leaving that in. Fuck. <laughs> Gotta watch what you say. He goes off to meet Gus, his his partner in the dealership. Gus comes around all the time. Oh, does he? Yeah. Not like Teresa and, uh, and Arturo, though. No, no. Oh, okay. they, you never see them again. Oh. Uh, but Gus, he's around forever. He moves in with the Coens. He goes to prom with Marissa. <laughs> it's a whole thing. Ugh. <sighs> saying but like whatever gus and luke's dad whose name i don't recall because i'm bad with names i don't i don't think we ever learned his name he's just yeah. i don't know i have no but idea. that's the thing is that ryan and luke are having a little bro bonding moment at the dealership though before yeah. they can even get to the scanner they got to sit in the new mustang yeah and listen to the stereo system that really kills man yep and then they see dad and gus dad and gus heading into the dealership oh let's go say hi to my dad and, and then, then they hold hands dad and gus do and they turn they, to each other and they had a hot kiss Ooh, that is like hotter than like i think network tv was allowed to portray of like homosexual relationships on basic tv yeah and for the early 2000s you have to give it to both of those actors for going for it like that too like like, this isn't like expanded cable this isn't like you know nip tuck or anything like that right well and we you know you're paying a premium to watch it or something like that even modern day representation of homosexual relationships is Mm -hmm. not great no will and grace didn't really help anybody (laughs) no Maybe not. But like if you think about like a couple of years ago, the Queen movie came out and Rocket Man came out, right? And both of them had Oh okay. Like the Queen. I was like, wait, like Elizabeth, like the crown? Like what? No? No, no Queen is in Bohemian Rhapsody and yeah. Rocket Man. And yes, yeah. Rocket Man 
does Rock. not shy away no. from any of it. Whereas Bohemian Rhapsody is just like, like a, we know, like a soft fade into oblivion. Like yeah, it like, was, it, he just lives with a lot of cats now. Right. Yeah. It kind of came off. They really just like, kind of like obfuscated and like brush it all aside. Like, ah, right. look at his, doesn't look great with those fake teeth. He looks so much like him, huh? And if you think about it, like Elton John actually had seemed seemingly had a much harder time admitting that he was gay. Whereas I feel like Freddie, Mercury was like, bitch, I am gay. He was always very I am much G-A-Y himself. Gay. I'm pansexual. What if he would have said that at the time? If he knew what it was, he'd be like, listen, if there's a hole, I am filling it. And good for him. I'm not. He likes the wine, not the label. He likes all of the wines. And maybe even a few whiskeys. All the tequilas, all of the vodkas, every he wants the whole bar. There you go. <laughs> and technically speaking, Bohemian Rhapsody probably should have had the harder sex scene, and it didn't. Yeah, but also Bohemian Rhapsody was also you have an entire band that is still alive that is trying to make sure that they're sure. being portrayed well and is like fighting with producers to be like make sure they have equal screen time. That whole thing started as just a Freddie Mercury biopic that was gonna star Sasha Baron Cohen, which would have been amazing. Yes. Rocket Man. I'm like, I'd watch Rocket Man. Plus, right Rocket now. Man was like a full on jukebox musical. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. It was fantastic. But that's the thing is when you have like one person as a producer on their own story and right. you're not like assembling by committee, you can, depending on how the person is, and seems like Elton John is a very like, you know, truthful person. Yeah. Whereas the band, Queen, mm-hmm. are, they want to make oh, sure. Several different entities. Yeah. Yeah. I'm back at the OC. Mm hmm. Julie and Kiki are having a showdown <laughs> at Yoga Lattes. Uh, yoga Lattes. Yoga Lattes. Yoga Lattes. <laughs> Just fun to say. Yoga Lattes. Uh, Kirsten actually really stands up for herself. She's very she much like, hey, yeah, because Julie did you tell everybody that a- I was drunk at Thanksgiving? Yeah, because all these bitches, the noopsies as they're called, all these yikes, ugh, all these rich unemployed women right none of them with the exception of kirsten has ever talked about their work life at all because guess what they're all rich fucking housewives it's the real fucking cunts of the oc correct they're all there getting their quote-unquote sweat on Mm-hmm. With Jean Pierre or whatever, who's teaching them some stupid crossbreed. Actually, Yoga Lattes is real. <laughs> of course. And is it not a stupid crossbreed? No, actually, it's fairly legit. On it. I would prefer it to either one of them. I'd is rather it have Pilates them together. Just like yoga for people that can't do yoga. No, yoga is much more like a centered stretching type of situation. And Pilates is a little bit more like strength training based. Either way, I tried yoga and it hurt. Uh, it was a roommate's P90X DVD. So yeah, you didn't you didn't really have Pilates then. You had no, I didn't really have yoga. It just hurt, man. <laughs> I just felt like anytime I was trying to do anything, I felt like one of those hippos in Fantasia trying to balance on the ball or whatever. That's me. I'd pay to see that. You should have seen the producers a back in 2015. I killed in that fucking dress, the fucking Chrysler building. And I even had a great ad lib where I said I look like 50 shades of gay. The audience ate that shit up. Of course they did. <laughs> But also, it's because my tits are real and they're spectacular. Of course, I was going to fill out that dress and look amazing. Uh, Even I'm jealous of them. They're way more perky than mine. I got pictures. Not of my tits, just of me in that dress. No, I'm not interested. Never mind. Oof. (laughs) 
Uh, meanwhile, the boys, Jimmy and Sandy, are having another... Another golf lunch date. Another golf lunch date and talking about his case. And Jimmy goes, oh, hey, by the way, thanks, thanks for, for being, being super so cool. chill about the kiss that I shared with your wife. Ooh, Jimmy forever putting your fucking foot in your mouth. Jimmy's like, oh, I suppose she didn't tell you because she didn't want to hurt you like I just did just now. Oops. Oopsie. And it's too late because Sandy already picked up the check for lunch. He can't just be like, you know what? Never mind. But it actually works out in the end. They talk about it. They say that they're going to be honest with each other for But here not before out. they like are literally like not having Seth pass notes from the kitchen to the living room. I love how he did it for about like one and a half yeah. times. And, and then he's he was like, like, no, no, you no, no, fucking no, no. talk to her. Come on. What are you doing? No, we're not doing this. Seth's, Seth has already done his growing, man. He was able to finally talk to the girls. He, got he gives them. a baller apology. He does, yeah. He's like, hey, look, just give me enough time to, to speak my piece. And if you don't ever want to talk to me again, that's fine. But it's like, look, I wronged you both but honestly with the life that i've had can you blame me for not wanting either of your company and that's what a great line what a great like you're both equal fucking smoke shows and of course i was just a stupid dude that wanted it all and i'm sorry it was unfair to both of you and it's such a good apology that summer finds him after like immediately these gals are like you know what we don't need to study this afternoon We we don't need to pretend to be friends anymore to piss off this dude here's the thing i don't think that they were pretending to be friends so much as they were getting along out of spite to him. Oh, yeah. No, shared hatred of someone or something brings people together far more than a shared love of something or someone. Yeah. Trauma bonding is absolutely real. And as somebody who whose love language, whose top love language is usually quality time, saying that I want to spend time with you is the hottest thing that he could have said. So good for him. Good for him. It was... But then, yeah, they immediately are just like, hey, we're not besties, besties anymore. Like, we can always just do this next week. We don't have to, like, spend every waking moment with each other now. Right, right. Summer finds him in his locker and says, hey, that apology you gave was actually, like, really sweet. And, Mm -hmm. like, big moment for her. There's very rarely a time uh, when... A time? A time when a guy has apologized to me. And it has been that sincere. And, and she's so taken with it and his newfound sincerity and honesty that she's like, what are you doing this Saturday night? And he's like, "Uh, you, hopefully. <laughs> Fucking as soon as he walks out of the school, Anna catches him and says, hey, Cohen, that was a really sweet, sincere apology you gave. And like that took a lot of guts to do that and be honest with yourself and blah, blah, blah. And be honest with me. And what are you doing Saturday night? And he's like, well, in the interest of uh, sincerity, I'm, uh, I got a date with Summer. And this bitch, Anna. this spitfire without skipping a beat, just walks up closer to him, shortens the distance between their faces and says, what are you doing Friday night? Hopefully. God damn. We love a take charge, bitch. Anna's so great. She's fantastic. Seth is back in the same situation. (laughs) Yep, but at least now... But now he's open and open. honest about it. Um, he's going to have a rose ceremony next fucking episode. <laughs> yikes. <laughs> Never seen a single episode of The Bachelor. I just know they do that shit. Yeah, don't do it. It's honestly, it is Are You the One hideous levels. Ooh. It's more toxic than Are You the One, if that's even really? possible. Yeah, I saw one season because someone convinced me that I should watch it. They, oh, the level of audacity 
of all of the women to think that they're not all dating the same man because they all live together. Of course they do. It's just the dude that gets. Oh, to, like, so it's like, it's like those gals that like find out that they're not a match on Are You the One and still want to fuck the dude and get mad at other girls doing that. But it's just yes. like 17 women in one dude. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. It's horrific. I don't know why anybody would do it except for two acting jobs later. Are You the One on Paramount Plus, you guys. Sponsor us. Oh my us. God, do not. Please, please, I'm begging you, don't watch that if you don't want to tear your hair out. Oh my God. But like if you grew up as I did in the prime millennial era when like afternoons were for MTV, it was TRL and then it was Real World and then it was Road Rules and then it was Room Raiders and then it was Next. If you grew up on all those terrible, terrible fuck shows this show is so fucking for you we gotta start season four i know <laughs> fuck damn it god damn it ryan devlin you fucking asshole <laughs> he didn't do it he's with just, your 9-11 lights he's just getting he's getting a paycheck you leave him I out know. of this he just gets a free vacation we love ryan devlin <laughs> play with your hearts play with your hearts ryan devlin <laughs> That's Paige's next tattoo. <laughs> next. Like I have one to start. She's gonna giant, you're just gonna get like a giant backspread of Devlin's face. And the phrase in old English, play with your heart. <laughs> I will I will absolutely get a Etsy sticker that says Guys, that. we're starting a Kickstarter to fund Paige's back no, tattoo. <laughs> absolutely not. I'm not getting a tattoo. I'm afraid of commitment with men. Why would I put something on my body permanently? Because Ryan Devlin's the only one that hasn't hurt you yet. <laughs> yet give him a chance we're only four seasons in he's already lost it a little bit oh man <laughs> we are not going to talk about that show anymore i'm putting a kibosh on it right now because i, I hate that show oh my god i i love hate that <sighs> show. oh my gosh so, so yeah so seth has now got a woman on either arm dates for, for friday and saturday night we we love to see it yeah captain oats would be so proud he would be <laughs> The only thing that really is left in this episode to kind of wrap up is that there's a little bit of trauma bonding with Kiki and Julie. A little bit because, again, Julie just is throwing Kirsten under the bus for all with all these ladies, the Real Housewives of Newport, and Kirsten calls her on it. And she's like, look, I'm just a concerned friend. If you're a friend, then fucking act like it. Exactly. Don't talk shit to all these bitches behind my back. Right. If you were a real friend, you wouldn't do that shit. And then she and Cal break up and she's like, go ahead, tell all the girls I know you want to. And yeah, Kiki takes it's the your chance. Get your revenge. Uh, because of course julie expects all the bitches to be a bitch just like her right but kirsten course. don't she's like look if there's anything you need she's nice because that's, she's a nice person and then of course the gossip happens because one of these gals ran into i believe they said her name is meredith luke's mom yes at the gym saw her on the elliptical and of course luke's mom spilled the beans about luke's dad yep. having his secret gay tryst that's that is the most unbelievable part of this script quite honestly yeah is the fact that there was a woman in the early 2000s and she found out that her husband was gay that she would tell any of her friends fair she absolutely would not. I mean, to you know, to her credit, though, at least Marissa kept her mouth shut after Ryan revealed it to her and said, you can't tell anyone, not even Summer. But of course, as soon as it gets around school, because it got around to the moms at the gym, of course, it gets around to their kids yep. who all go to the fucking harbor school. And so they're all talking about it and making really bad gay jokes at loose expense. Really I heard his dad's favorite TV show is Dawson's Crack. Oh, uh. no. I heard it was ever Woody. We got to love Josh Schwartz calling out his forebears and competitors. He does 
overuse um, the Dandy Warhols we used to be friends in this episode. That's kind of Seth's theme song, though, for this episode. Uh, but he doesn't get a theme song for the episode. He's never gotten it before. Yeah. And why do you even know that song's name? We're never going to hear it again. Well, because it is the theme song for Veronica Mars. Oh, that's why we're mad about it. Yes, that is why we're mad you about it. You know this it. show got there first. Veronica Mars premiered in 2004. This show premiered in 2003. Veronica Mars was biting the OC. Listen, Veronica you Mars should... and Seth Cohen would have beautiful babies. <laughs> But yeah, and so of course now Luke is is mortified. He doesn't want to go to school and deal with all that shit. And like rightfully so because he's been calling people queer jock guy. Right. Well, and he does. He throws around the F-bomb all the time. Yeah, F-slur left and right. And it's not a good look. It wasn't then and it definitely isn't now. No, certainly isn't now. But he he, he does it out of homophobia for oh, sure. Yeah. And so finding out that his dad is gay is a big hit for him because he loves his dad. Mm-hmm. Cannot he can't reconcile he can't, the fact thank that thank like, you yeah. he can't reconcile the fact that his dad is his dad and is gay yeah because what does I say about if, if my dad's gay and he raised me I mean I'm going to be gay because that's what wouldn't that be a great homophobia ending does how that would that be great if he was gay yeah honestly I'd be so happy about it but he's not well and and he he and Ryan uh, get into a cute little choreographed fight together with a bunch of kids from, from some a, other from school. a rival school because they're hanging out at the at the dugout because that's where you go drinking when you find beers. Out that because you know it's, it's 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 underage drinking time and now they're buddies because they're working on this project together and yeah. so here comes some other rich private school kids to tease him and one of them drops the f slur mm-hmm. who immediately charges this asshole and they go shoulder to shoulder with each other, just like bumping each other. No one's going to hit each other. And then Ryan comes out and someone else steps to him. And so he looks at Luke. And Luke looks at Ryan and they're just like, all right. And they both throw punches at these dudes. Like, that's why in the like the previously on the OC thing, they showed that, you know what I love about rich kids? Nothing. Nothing. After he Ooh. knocked Luke out because they both are just, we, we know how to hit people. And for once, so we're not hitting each other. And he even says it. Ryan brings well, in Luke the to the Cohen household up to fucking oh yeah and they run. tangentially gay bash luke for his dad being gay and then yeah they show back up at the house and ryan's like for once it wasn't me i didn't do this one i didn't do this one julie actually ends up bonding with kirsten uh-huh. over cal and yeah, how and cal how can be he is and so cal called julie oh but that's the thing is she uses this fucking she weaponizes this personal and private moment of like them maybe being friends to make her life better. Yeah, because, because Cal ends up cunt. buying her house as an investment. Quote unquote. So that she and Caitlin can stay there because and act Jimmy rich. is still having to, he needs to make restitution by January 1st. Yeah. And we know it's sometime between Thanksgiving and Christmas now. Yes, we do. Otherwise, he's going to jail for his, his crimes. And that means selling the house. Thanks thanks for all that. Gives her a little fucking plant. That she'll kill. Yeah, give, Julie gives him a plant, gives Kiki a plant. Kiki, Kiki Kins. Kiki. But like for a brief moment, we thought that Julie was going to maybe be able to step outside of herself. But no, again, of course not. Anything that you give this woman is fucking ammo. I still seriously want something bad to happen to Julie. So those are those two episodes. Hooray. Oh, any uh, closing thoughts for you? Final thoughts about Jerry Springer? (laughs) You know, we've seen a lot happen today. (laughs) We... But sometimes it's good to remember that you're enough for some people, but you need to be enough for yourself. (laughs) Perfection. Take care of yourselves. Love each other.
And we'll see you next time on Jerry Springer. Thank you and good night. Yoga lattes. <laughs> Yoga lattes. Yay!